Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is the man whose band, The Long Cold Dark, will be available as the first DLC characters in Fire Pro Wrestling, Mr. Drew Celestino. It's about the only capacity that you're ever going to see us uh, wrestling. Uh, <laughs> That or my very rare appearance as a ring announcer, a guest ring announcer, which hasn't happened in quite a while. So, yeah, uh, what's up? How's it going? It uh, it's it is going. It's going. It's there's, going. There's the scent of paint in the air. Oh, is, is it obvious? It's just a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. Yeah, um, it's been uh, quite the adventure over here. Yes, and to hear that adventure, we go to our opening statement, sir. How was your week? So, not bad. Um, the kitchen, as you can tell, is coming along. It's still not quite done, but it's more done than it was. So, um, yeah, we got a little color up in there. Uh, needs more, needs another coat, as it usually does. Um, and uh, some touch-up. And then, you know, it's it's going to be good. But um, I also had a, quite the adventure over the weekend. Um, <laughs> the, the Cobra Island Studios version 3 is under construction. Still. <laughs> And part of that was, uh, let's get the ceiling dealt with in some capacity. So my uh, pie-in-the-sky idea, which is very popular nowadays, I was going to just paint the whole ceiling black. This is a trend I've not heard of, but go on. Google's your friend here. Uh, Basement ceiling, black. You'll see it. Very popular. Or white. Any color, really. But black or white are are the, the most popular. So uh, I rented the airless sprayer from uh, Home Depot, and uh, consumed it consumed about six to seven hours of my day, and about five gallons of paint. I I thought those things were supposed to make jobs quicker. When you are dealing with uh, raw wood, and mm. a lot of it soaks up a lot. Yes, so it eats paint a lot, many many coats. And on top of that, because I have, you have to mask off basically anything you don't want to shoot paint on. So the window had to be masked off, and then all the lights had to be masked off as well. So all I had to work down there was one little working floodlight mm. on the floor. And uh, it was very dark, so I had to kind of move around. Well, well you were painting the- black, sir. Yeah. Well, it was dark enough down there. So like, I <laughs> move, this, move this light around, try to shed some light on the subject. Um, n- <laughs> quite, uh, quite the, quite the adventure. Then, you know, there were some, in- there was an incident or two with the machine that Home Depot rented to me where the attachment where the hose attaches to the compressor came undone and I wasted probably a good quarter gallon of paint and made a big goddamn mess all over, uh, the drop, the drop cloth. Dude, language. Hey, it was a frustrating day. So... Got all over the wall. Uh, but luckily, the walls are unfinished. So, you know, it, it, it's okay. But, yeah, it was a good time. I had the respirator on. I, I, it, was, it was just it was fun. It's fun. Fun. <laughs> it looks really cool. But, yeah. Yeah. So that was Sunday. Was it Sunday? Yes, it was Sunday. Kay. Most of Sunday. Um, backing up a moment. Um. We played some games on Friday. We did. We uh, played a game. We played a game. We played Clank. Yes. It's a good game. It's a fun game. That's yeah, a good game. Clank is really good in that it doesn't do 
any one thing really, really well, but everything it does is just really good and it works together. It's very smooth and it's just a fun game I'll play anytime. Yeah, see, I don't know that I would even have to throw shade at it. It's just a, it's a good I'm game. I'm not throwing shade at it. It's yeah. a great game. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the quantifier, like, it doesn't do anything really well. It's, I think it's a, it's a very No, well- no, I'm not. I'm, it doesn't do anything, like, you know, above and beyond what other games do. Hmm. It just kind of takes a lot of established mechanics and puts them together really streamlined really well. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a very well-designed game. Um, so that was cool. I'm trying to think of what... And Jen did not win. No. Which I is won. A, which is a pleasant change of outcomes from, oh, geez, like the past month of game nights, probably. Well, I don't think she was tired enough, number one. That doesn't matter the past couple of weeks. She's just been like, okay, whatever, I'll win. <laughs> Run the table. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hard to say. I mean, you know, pregnancy is winding down. Maybe she's weakened. It's hard, it's hard to... It's unclear. <laughs> is the baby the source of her power? Uh, no, in this case, it would be leeching her power. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. That means we can never play board games with the baby. Well, it's going to be a while anyway. Win. <laughs> you got a while to wait until he's going to understand the mechanics of a board game anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, I won by the slimmest of margins, which was a pleasant surprise. Um, I'm trying to remember what my, what my, my Saturday was comprised of, because I know I did stuff. I just don't remember what. I believe there was a wrestling event this weekend. There were two. Um, and I watched them out of order though. So <laughs> Saturday was NXT takeover, but I did not watch it. Um, so can't report on it before Sunday. Sunday was SummerSlam, which is one of the big four WWE shows, uh, that I did watch it. It was a show. <laughs> it flew. It was pilot for a big four event. If you consider, you know, I mean, it's 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 one of their big four events, okay? Okay. And if I had paid money to go to that big four event, I would have left very, very disappointed. Mm. Some decent action, but most of the matches had screw job finishes or non finishes or finishes that were just setting up the next event. Gotcha. At a at a at a big event. You need closure. You need to be closing the door on certain things and opening new ones, not yeah. not dragging other stuff out, and then delivering matches with, between guys we like that are a good twenty two minute match that is marred by a disqualification or screw job finish. Mm. I don't got time for that stuff anymore. <laughs> I've seen good wrestling. I don't need your your malarkey to drag me along anymore. Like no, I'm sorry, no, but just get out of here with that nonsense. So, you know, it was a show. It, it wasn't their worst show. It was, it, it was arguably okay. Good episode was, of Raw, was, bad Big Four pay-per-view. You know what I'm saying? It was cromulent. Sure. <laughs> it, it was as capable as they get on the main roster. So yesterday being Monday, you'd think, oh, did you watch Raw? Not really. Instead, we caught up on Saturday's event, which was NXT TakeOver. NXT is WWE's best product by a country mile. Yeah. Not even close anyway. It's not even close anymore. So that event, had I watched that before SummerSlam, I would have hated SummerSlam even more. Mm. NXT TakeOver was excellent. Every single match was excellent. Stellar show. Top to bottom. 
everybody put on the performance of a lifetime at that show. Every match was great. Every match had a finish. Fantastic show. I can't believe it's run by the same company. It doesn't make sense. So yeah, NXT TakeOver was super dope. Nice. And uh, that that more or less sums up uh, the week. I did. Oh, I did have a. Uh, I had, I had a, uh, an interview with um, Dan and Nick uh, from X Priori. They're another local Buffalo band, and um, they have a little YouTube show they do called the Dan and Nick Show. And um, I appeared on that on Thursday. The, that actually just went up today um, on the interwebs on the YouTubes. So nice little forty-five minute chat about the long, cold, dark, and music and guitars and fun stuff. So just me shooting my mouth off, which I enjoy doing from time to time. Cool. So uh, yeah, that's it. You can look for that. Um, does the does their channel have a name or it's, uh, X and Priori? So E X H A M P R I O R Y Priori. Yeah, something like that. Any Twitter? Or- Facebook yeah, pages. You're, you're asking a lot of me right now, so <laughs> they can Google it. They'll find it. Or look on the Long Cold Dark's uh, Facebook page. And, uh, I'm just saying they, they were kind enough to have you on your, on their show. We can we can give them some some. I'm off the cuff here, man. Here. I don't got their Twitter handle at the ready right now. <laughs> did, you, did you plug our show while you were on there? Uh, no. Cause it Dang was, it, Drew! It was pretty much centered on the band and the decade that we've had together and whatnot. So I, I was kind of just in music mode and it's been a very uh music kind of week for me just mentally focused in on on stuff not necessarily my own just music in general okay so uh that's more or less my week as i've monopolized the early portion here as you're like to do how is <laughs> but that's okay it's part of the charm of the show i i think so i don't know that anyone else would agree <laughs> How was your week? My week uh, was all right. Uh, work continues. New job. You know, learning and and uh, the the doing. Uh, let's see. Friday we had game night. Had pad thai again. Yes, it was enjoyable. Yes, shrimp this time. Yes. Um, Saturday, the the wife was generous enough and kind enough. I shouldn't say generous enough because that makes it sound weird but she was kind enough to let me rent a car we are a one car family uh she was kind enough to let me rent a car to go to millennium games in rochester to compete in their x-wing store championship tournament so third place okay not a big turnout though mind you mm. two two precursors to my third place finish one there wasn't a lot of people there there's only like nine people there right now i think most players are just kind of done with the current version of the game and waiting for 2.0 which gotcha. comes out in a couple weeks building the extra wings on their houses and yeah, yeah yeah stuff stuff and such um Second being is like it might have been the ugliest, worst performance I've ever given in an X-wing tournament that bore fruit. I like bumbled my way to a third place finish. It was it was bad. Well, I mean, you still took third. I took third by. It's, I for me to explain how I took third would I would have to go into a lot of X wing jargon, which not many people probably care about. But it was it was yeah. But I that was my first time to Millennium Games in Rochester. And oh, Drew, that store. Yeah, you like board games, and apparently uh, disc golf. 
uh, uh, frisbee golf or whatever it's called. Frolf. Believe it or not, I have a, a section of friends that are right in that diagram. Um, <laughs> that Venn diagram overlaps yeah, right there. That that is the place to go. Now, don't get me wrong. I we've got a, a bunch of bunch of local game stores and they're all great and i'm not trying to throw any shade to them but oh drew millennium games as far as sheer selection and presentation just dwarfs anything we have here in buffalo wow it's it's a really really nice uh place that the next time you're in the rochester area i would definitely recommend checking out i feel like rochester has a few a few legs up on buffalo um, in, I wouldn't go that far, but there are some nice things to see in Rochester that uh, usually we make a point of going to uh, at least once a year. Things like, you know, the, the Powers Farm Market in the fall. Um, Strong Museum of Play is always a good time. Um, and now Millennium Games. But I, I think as a whole, Buffalo's still, still a little bit better. Hmm. Um, so that was Saturday. Sunday was just kind of a, uh, chill day. You know, I know I'm forgetting something from my week and I don't even think I wrote it down in the notes. Oh, the, uh, the car I got to rent. So I said, after she gave the initial permission to, uh, to rent a car, I said, do you mind if I maybe spend a little, little extra scratch and get something a little nicer? Cause Truth be told, I'm kind of a car guy. I'm not like extreme car guy, but right now our our one family car is a is a four cylinder Ford Fusion, and I hate it. <laughs> well, it's a Ford. I, I hate it so. No, Ford Mustang is my my all time favorite car. That's a what? That's a one. Um, that's one car. <laughs> they have a line, and it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but she she was okay with that, and I asked her, like, when she, because she travels a lot for work, and she runs cars a lot, um, so I asked her to, to kind of do the thing and whatnot to get the points, and and I asked her, like, if you could, ask them if they have, like, either a Dodge Challenger, a Chevy Camaro, or a Ford Mustang. Mm. Unfortunately, they didn't have any of those. Oh, okay. So what I ended up getting was a Nissan Maxima. Okay. Which was sweet. Yeah, make a good car. It was like strapping in. It was ironically as I was going to an X wing tournament. It was like strapping in the cockpit of an X wing fighter. <laughs> the uh, the center. Did it have an R two unit? It it might have. <laughs> I didn't get to play with all the accessories. Okay. The uh, center console was like raised. So you know how like your kind of your basic center console is kind of like you know full shoulder length down arms length rest your arm on it like you don't sure like you just lay your arm naturally and it goes the extent of your shoulder Mm -hmm. this one was kind of raised up a little bit more and it had like a control for the touch screen on it that was Hmm. kind of like a joystick and a turn knob and all the modern um uh delicacies of of technology that are be to be had in the car we're had in this all i had to do was just plug my phone into charge and everything from my phone went into the touch screen like the all the apps and whatnot it was really sweet and accelerated so nicely v6 v6 yeah yeah, yeah. it's a difference <laughs> my current car goes zero to 60 in tuesday um wow i'm not talking about this tuesday i'm talking next tuesday oh, okay um this car it was was nice nice it was nice unfortunately at the end of the trip i discovered that it had a sport mode I didn't discover this at the beginning of the trip. What does the sport mode do for you? Makes it go even better. <laughs> it kind of it kind of kicks Faster up the uh, 
it, it I, I believe it just kind of makes it less fuel efficient to give it more performance, which it does. Does it do like a manual or anything, or can you not, can you not do a you manual? Can, you can uh, do the – it's not true manual, but it's kind of like a – it's like a fake manual. Yeah, the up, up, down, down kind of yeah, yeah, no pun intended. Can, yeah, you can do that on it. Okay. But I, I've never been about that. I would either give me manual or give me – you know, automatic, none of this like hybrid crap. Gotcha. Um, God, I miss a manual car. I love driving stick. It's fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, I think that was it. Well, all right. Uh, dear listeners, if you would like to tell us about your weeks, if you'd like to send us any questions or comments to the show, you can do so at the following locations. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod and throw our page a like. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com and you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Do Podcast.com. And Drew, as I'm checking the old email here, we only have one submission and it is from loyal friend, although not always loyal game night participant, mm. Mr. Alan Waiters. Because mm-hmm. he had to watch Preseason football. Preseason Pre-season football. Pre-season yeah. football. Drew, you know what I'd, I'd wa- rather watch instead of preseason football? At, at anything. The WWE. Um, <laughs> be, be careful what you wish for there, <laughs> honestly. So, yeah. He writes, Carl and Drew. This is actually a really interesting question. All right. Not to say that he doesn't normally write interesting questions, but he this usually, one no, he gets this, this one's above above his, his normal level of quality. Who would win a chess match? A man who can see the future or a man who can read minds? Think of it as Kang the Conqueror challenging Professor X to a game of chess. So hang on. A man who can can see the future. Or a man who can read minds. Or a man Mm. who can read minds. Uh, I'm pondering this. I would think... Well, hang on. Let's let's walk through this a little bit. If I can read your mind in real time, I will know what your next move is. Yes. And beyond, theoretically. But if I can read the future... I already know the events that are going to unfold. I would say, in this situation, I would rather be able to see the future. Here's why. If I can see the future, I guess that we are implying that we are on a linear timeline and not like a multiversal timeline where... You know, anything can happen in any, in, you know, the, the theory that yeah. in, for any event or any possible outcome that there is a universe that exists for that yeah. is a thing. So if we have the ability to see the future, I'm going to assume that we have a linear timeline. We know exactly what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and I can plan and, and act accordingly. Whereas if I can read your mind, I think even if I can read your mind, people can be impulsive. And true, maybe not necessarily act the way they are thinking in a given moment, in an instant. And that could throw things off a bit and interrupt your strategy. 
Interesting. That's my. That's that's what I'm going with. No, I think that's a good solid response. I think ultimately it ends in a draw. Very I think well, could I think it's just kind of the the old unstoppable force meeting the immovable object. So, like if the juggernaut runs into the blob. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the juggernaut wins that one. Mm, blob is unmovable. Juggernaut's unstoppable. That has to have happened at some point in comics. If it hasn't... The X-Men have run out of ideas so long ago that that has to have happened. Alan, find out if that happened first because you're he, he, a big he would X-Men know. fan. Alan would know. Um, all right. So that was a question for both of us. Question for me. Carl, every time you enter a room, your theme music starts to play. What theme music would announce your arrival? Mm. Also... How pumped are you for Windjammers on the Switch? And, of course, there is a PS I told you so. So, addressing the PS first. A couple months back, Alan got me all excited by saying Windjammers was coming out on Switch in an SNK collection. Yes. Normally, you know, believing Alan like I do, I got really excited until I looked up the article they linked on it. In which case, Windjammers was not coming out on that collection because mm-hmm. Windjammers was not an SNK game. Windjammers was a Data East game. It's a blurry line, but yes, okay. Yes. So, and when they announced uh, Windjammers on Switch, which is actually ties into a little bit of the news we have, um, Alan was like, I told you so, I told you so. I was like, no, you said it was coming out on this collection, and it wasn't. It, it, it is a distinction. Yeah, it, it's. You know, but but two is coming out. Well, it did, like I said, news. Wait for the news. Don't oh, spoil, oh, sorry. Don't spoil sorry. it. All right. Uh, theme music entering the room. Oh, that's, oh, that's really good. That's really good. Hmm. You know, I'm going back and forth between two things. Um. The egotistical side of me wants Stan Bush's The Touch from Transformers, the movie. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I try not to have much of an ego. Mm. So um, I'm going to steal a page from the book of Homer Simpson, which is uh, the old song, Why Can't We Be Friends? Remember when the boxing episode, Homer was a boxer? Yes. That was the song he came out to. That's yes, okay. I remember now. And then and, and then he gets saved by Bo and the fan and whatnot. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, they call that the stinger. He can't use that anymore. Uh. He's he, he the ninth man. I I don't have anything against them personally, but I am going to make orphans of his children. <laughs> Champ, you know he does have a wife. Yes, but I would expect her to die from grief. <laughs> you know. Sidebar. Frederick Tatum is an interesting example. Hey, guys, knock it off. It's an interesting example of a character that if he were to be introduced in The Simpsons, let's say now, it would just be Mike Tyson. They would would get the celebrity voice and whatnot. But that was back when they were still doing kind of a social satire. Yeah. And uh, Frederick Tatum, uh, Rainier Wolfcastle, you know. Back back when the show was good, I guess is what I'm saying. Back when Dustin Hoffman and Michael Jackson didn't want their name on the credits. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. 
Um, so yeah, I'm pro- I'm probably sh- I'm sure given time I could probably think of a better theme music to enter the room too. But that would probably okay be too. Drew, mm. what's the video game that made you fall in love with video games? Ooh. What were you fond? What were your fond memories of it? And now about that Ricochet Adam Cole match. Well, it was good. It was good. P.S. Drew, tell Carl I was right about Windjammers, which we've already I, I, gone I'm, over. That, hey, yeah, that's, there's, that's between you guys. There's I'm, a distinction. I'm staying out of that. Uh, video game that made me love video games. Wow. Zelda? That's difficult. No, it wasn't Zelda. Um, I'd have to really think back. Uh, very difficult to say because I'm trying to think of what happened first. Did I play an arcade game first or did I get an NES first? And that's the the line that's blurry to me. Yeah, I, I played also, it. I, I played Atari know, before I played an arcade. I had, I had an Atari as well, and that's another like wrinkle in all this. Like, yeah, boy, um, my earliest memories of video games are actually of the Atari playing like Haunted House, um, the terrible Pac Man port, donk the terrible Donkey Kong port. Um, I was always a big what, fan of uh, Berserk. I don't remember Berserk. I, I always thought of it like I always played it like it was Star Wars. Basically, you're just a guy going around like a maze, just shooting robots, and if you touch the walls, you got killed. Hmm. Was there a tank? There was a tank game for Atari. Was yes, there not? combat. I it was the packing game. I think I had, had a whole that. bunch of different. Everybody had combat. Okay. I had a whole bunch of different like game modes, like ricochet bullets, and there were planes in it too. Okay, I kind of remember. I definitely remember um, um, Choplifter. Yeah, I liked Choplifter. Um, arcade games, I remember vividly. I remember the Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom arcade game. Um, I remember. Um, the Star Wars Return of the Jedi stand-up arcade game. Yep. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. The Vector uh, arcade game. Um, the, Vector, the Vector graphics Star Wars game. Yeah. Um, the, that was the original Star Wars yes, game, not yes. Return of the Jedi. But I remember both. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They were, I, I have vivid memories of both of those games. Um, and the Turtles arcade game, obviously. But, but I think I had an NES by then. And NES, obviously, the game that was like... I have to have this machine. It's the coolest thing ever. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I know yeah. it's cliche. It was the packing game, but what a game. I mean, yeah, there's, well, it wasn't the packing game originally. Well, maybe by the time you got around to getting an S, it was the packing game. Because it was, it was a little while before it was a packing game. Hmm. Well, it was a little while before they, they made it a combo cart with Duck Hunt. I'm just trying to remember if it was a packing game originally or not. I don't remember. It wasn't a packing game at launch. Hmm. The only packing game at launch was with the deluxe set, and that's where you got Duck Hunt and Gyromite. Ah, And the uh, the like the other sets that you could get, like the action set or the set that was just like the console one controller, didn't have any packing games. I see. Well, yeah, that that was kind of like my earliest toe dipping into the waters of video games, and I was pretty much in at that point. Um, when did it become like a, a a fixture for me, like as a lifestyle? I'm not, I wouldn't say a lifestyle. When did I know that I was going to be like a a you know? When did I fall in love with it all? Um, I don't know, maybe. Zelda 2 was great, but I mean, you know, it was very cryptic and difficult. I think the dawn of the Super Nintendo is when it really 
set in that this was something that I really, really, really loved. The NES, I had quite a good, you know, nice little selection of games, but your friends all have games and you all yeah. you all play, and it's just like something that you all kind of do. The SNES is kind of when I started to really take hold of my video game choices and and preferences and kind of form my own opinions about them and off we are to the races yeah so yeah where's do you remember where the first arcade game you played was yes i'm pretty sure it was at the arcade at the thruway mall which was attached to the air quote food court which i only remember being the Chinese restaurant that was next door to the arcade. Yeah. And there was a Baskin Robbins next to that. So my dad would take me and we'd play video games. We'd get Chinese food. If I was really good, we'd get ice cream. And then we'd go to Child World, which was detached from the Thruway Mall, but it was right outside the door from the arcade. Yep. Go to Child World, scope stuff out. They had a really cool uh, Nintendo area, actually. And uh, that's, that's what I remember. I believe the first place I played an actual arcade game was 7-Eleven. Hmm. See, I didn't even go into a 7-Eleven until I was in my teens. Yeah, see, 7-Eleven used to have arcade games. Pizza Hut used to have arcade games. Um, see, I, don't I, don't, I don't remember that at yeah. all. Well, I'm older than you are. You are. <laughs> you are, elder man. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Thank you, Alan. Cool beans. Thanks, Alan. It is appreciated, as always. All right, that closes our cross-examination and brings us to the case files. Wow, Jay's slacking. For the week, yeah, nothing from Jay this week. Huh. I mean, it's just he's it's been fairly regular. It's this is the first week in a while he's missed. I wouldn't necessarily go as far as he's slacking. I'm uh, I'm a little let down, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> All right, so in no particular order, Drew the Watchmen series has officially gotten a full season order at HBO. Apparently, the execs are very happy with what they've seen, and given that this is a uh, a comic book property, and the the cast that they've assembled for this, this series can't be cheap. So, um, what do you think? Like I said, I think that their approach is probably the right one. Don't do it verbatim. We've we've kind yeah. of, we've kind of gone there. We don't need to go there. That's not that's not interesting. Let's let's make it interesting it sounds to me like they're making a sequel in yeah. tv form mm-hmm. um so let's uh see how that plays out now i'm interested okay but i i look at the cast list and i couldn't tell you who's going to play who necessarily because if it's in if it takes place after the original story then all bets are off as to who is who and yeah. there's all new characters for all i know but there is one casting that sticks out like a sore thumb What's that? Jeremy Irons. Now, if I'm a betting man... Ozymandias? He has got to be playing an elder Ozymandias. I'd be totally okay with that. As would I. So that tells me, okay, that's probably what it is. So the story is probably like Rorschach's journal gets out after X amount of time. The world goes back into full tilt paranoia mode and is on the brink of destruction once again. And... A ragtag group of people uh, gather together to find Ozymandias, who is Jeremy Irons. I mean, I'm and when you say it that way, it sounds like very basic and not enticing. But it, 
That's it's probably. All the, I'm, I'm telling it's you, it's all in the execution. It is, but I'm just going to tell you that's probably what it is. I, I'm. I don't want to say I don't want to say like ninety percent certain, but like, that's my gut. Like that's what they're going to do. Do you think they try to find Ozymandias, or do you think they try to bring Doctor Manhattan back? Why not both? I mean, who knows? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know what what their plan is necessarily. I, I'm hopefully I'm hoping it'll be a better sequel series than Doomsday Clock, which I just lost interest in and stopped reading. Doomsday Clock is you know what the problem with Doomsday Clock is? Delays. That, but I'm reading. I'm I'm, I'm current on it. Okay, and it's fine. Like it's you know it's well. Well drawn for sure. Well, Gary Frank. Yeah. Um, my problem with it, the best part of it was it was the immediate aftermath sequel parts of Watchmen. Yeah. Once they go to like the DC universe, it just starts to feel silly. Eventy. Eventy silly. See, here's here's what's weird. And, and and probably a I'm sure this is intentional to a degree, I don't know. The Watchmen the real world, air quotes. Yeah. The world that Watchmen took takes place in. The fictional real world. Eh. That's deep. Anyway. It was a dark and grim, kind of messed up place with characters yeah. that were kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. In Doomsday Clock, when they get to the DC universe, the DC universe is more messed up. It's as messed up or more than the Watchmen universe. That strikes me as weird. Or at least is a big red flag saying like, this is what 30 years of learning the wrong lessons of Watchmen has done to the DC universe. (laughs) Now, Jeff Johns, I'm not a big fan, you know, but I think he's smart enough to know this and this is all intentional. And maybe there is going to be some kind of pacification a rectification to all this at the end. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely probably going to revisit. I definitely, probably. That doesn't work. Definitely, maybe. Uh, definitely. I'm possibly going to re- uh, revisit the story when it comes out in trade. Okay. But as far as like a month-to-month purchase, I mean, I probably would have kept up to it had it actually been month-to-month and not like, you know, once every four to five months. Well, the original um, was delayed too. Yeah, the original Watchmen. The other thing, you know, the other thing about it is like they're trying to like they're trying to sell you on this uh, Superman theory narrative part, part part of it that like all the superheroes in or people with powers in the DCU are like part of some big vast conspiracy to dupe to to give people powers to possibly fight Superman someday. That's like the that's like the hook of the Superman theory in the book. Okay. And it's this narrative it's, it's what they're trying to build and they keep alluding to it and talking about it as if I care. There's like no stakes in any of this. Yeah. I don't care about any of the characters involved. It's all these BC list characters that are involved and wrapped up in it. None of the real A list people have shown up yet in Doomsday Clock except Batman, but he's not really doing much. Yeah. So like it's like yeah, I I see what you're trying to do. I just don't care about mm-hmm. any of this. Get back to the fun characters. Get yeah. back to what's what's Ozymandias doing? Like what's I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a weird comic. It it's strange. Weird can be good, so you know. It can be. 
just not I'm, this case. I'm not as off of it as you are. You seem to be pretty like whatever. I'm I'm still reading it to see how it concludes, but I'm still waiting for it to kind of like make a point. That I, I mean, that, the de- the delay just kind of killed it for me because sure. the last issue come out was issue five. I think five or six. I don't remember. And I picked it up when I was at the shop and I was thumbing through it. I'm like, I have no recollection of what happened previously. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Trade it is. I understand. Um, all right. So definitely, would you say you're a day one tune-in for the series? For Watchmen? Yeah. Um, I have HBO, so yeah, sure. Cool. I, gotta, I don't watch HBO, but I have it, so I might as well... <laughs> I got to make use of it at some point. All right. So... Bit a bit of bad news this week for a long-standing uh, comics label that uh, has never never surpassed the big two in sales, but you could say they surpassed them in a lot of other ways. Fox announced earlier this week that it is pulling the Buffy the Vampire Slayer license from Dark Horse. I didn't know that they had the license. <laughs> they not only did they have the license, they were doing quite well with it, from what I understand. Um, I remember that series started up uh, shortly before I started working at a local comic shop, and uh, when I did start working there, it sold very well always. Hmm. And I, I've got a lot of friends who were fans of the television series who read the comic series and they loved it. Uh, Josh Whedon was very involved with a lot of it. I know he wrote a good chunk of it. Um, but this kind of leaves dark because Buffy kind of emerged as the thing that I don't want to say bailed Dark Dark Horse out after they lost the Star Wars license, but kind of kept them afloat. Mm. Now with Buffy gone, they've got Hellboy predator terminator and i think robocop uh i think robocop is a boom actually so not robocop yeah so i don't really know i mean hellboy's great people love hellboy but you're not gonna carry a label on one title alone um no there's never been like an ongoing predator robocop series just like a whole bunch of miniseries and whatnot I I mean, Boom Studios and um, IDW will certainly fly in the face of this, but I, I don't I don't think that relying on third party licenses is a very good way to do business. Yeah, it's not. And again, like I said, Boom Studios, IDW, and also a Dynamite Studios. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, it's not it's not great, but at the same time, like. Dynamite was smart in that they took things that were predominantly uh, um, public domain. Yeah, public domain. Thank you. Uh, IDW was smart in that it got like all of the Hasbro stuff. It didn't right. just like piecemeal it. It took everything. Mm-hmm. Boom Studios, um, they're kind of younger readers. So they get like a lot of the Cartoon Network stuff and whatnot. So they're kind of they've got their audience kind of built in for them with that stuff. Dark Horse just hasn't seemed to evolve over the past maybe two decades. That's about right. They were originally one of the the premier like independent air quotes 
comic labels. Yeah. Like Marvel, DC were the big two superheroes and all that. And then there was like, you know, your calibers and your kitchen sinks and whatnot. Valiant. And then there was Dark Horse. And Dark Horse was kind of like the big one before yeah. pre-image. Um, they had Star Wars. They had yep. RoboCop and Terminator and the crossover and Predator and like, and then Hellboy became like, you know, obviously a, a huge success for them. Yeah. So the fact that that's all kind of going away is kind of sad, but they never, yeah, they never really, where where Image doubled down and like really put all their fate, well, I mean, they, they were a creator-owned label, but I mean, they got really choosy about what they were going to put out and they put out really great stuff and just became a, a, a mecca for, for creators for whatever reason. Yeah. Dark Horse could have done that too, I would think. At some point, there, there had to have been a, you know, maybe they wanted to and just couldn't get the talent to get on board. I don't know, but um, they were pioneers and then, yeah, they kind of just never kept up, I guess. Yeah. It seemed like they were just kind of living off of the fat of Star Wars and... Well, yeah, they they should have been thinking about that strategy when, when Disney uh, yeah. swooped in with the monies. Yep. Um, um, so yeah, so hopefully like, I mean, I hope cause one less comics label in the world is not necessarily what I want, but I, I don't see them lasting very much longer unless they have some kind of crazy strategy to, you know, attract creators and, and make them again, you know, get them going into a creator owned, uh, uh, line of comics that publishes really great stuff. Yeah. But you know, with, with so many Seemingly, anyway, so many places where you can do that. Besides, even you know, image image is obviously the the, the biggest and brightest, but there's others as well that'll publish yeah. your work. Um, you know, what's what does Dark Horse offer that these others don't? I think that's kind of on them to figure out if they're going to survive. Yeah. I mean, they got the Predator. So. <laughs> for now. For now, yeah. Is the Predator? Uh, hang on. Is is he owned by? Is the Predator Fox property? Is now. Well, that means he's a Disney property now. Yep. Hmm. I don't think those Predator comics are going to be long for this world, Carl. Nope, nope. <laughs> Not a dark horse, now. anyway. All right. So as we alluded to earlier in the the cross examination section, it was announced this week. Big shocking announcement. Nobody saw this coming, um, but to the delight of many. Windjammers 2 <laughs> The Delight of Many Specifically you <laughs> No the, Dude this game Has got a huge Cult following There are dozens of us There dozens are more than dozens <laughs> It's It's um, It I don't want to say Niche within a niche But that's Unfortunately The best way To describe it Because like Fighting game tournaments Like Windjammers Is always there mm-hmm. you, It's you, always like you that this. That fun side game um so question we've got 20 plus years in between entries here i was just gonna ask what so the, the, this is a legit yes yes that, it is being done by dot emu which causes some some eyebrows to raise oh um they're, they're the ones who did the conversion the most recent edition that came out okay uh they're not the, like that conversion the the online worked for a while until it didn't. I see. And I guess like a lot of times in the past, they've screwed up some other uh, retro conversions and mm. they don't instill confidence 
in a lot of circles. Um, but yeah, no uh, no gameplay footage or anything was released. Uh, just a, like an, a quick anime teaser. Uh, but Drew, another interesting thing. It is coming out for Steam and the Switch. And that's it. Um, okay. Uh, and, and we get the original Windjammers on the Switch coming out this October. I have a feeling it's going to be very popular. Yes. Call it a hunch, but it's going to be a very popular Switch title. I've said, like, I've, you know, you keep asking me, and I, I keep seeing the sentiment everywhere out there. Everyone wants to know when Switch versions of stuff is going to be a thing. Every article I read about games, Switch, there's always like at least one of the top comments is always Switch version question mark. Yeah. Like every release, every announcement. That's good. I'm glad to uh, glad to see it. Glad to see the Switch get some some indie love. And I mean, so here's wind, my here's Windjammers on the go. Okay. Yeah. Here's my uh, mandatory Switch version question mark. Uh, I just saw today that uh, Guacamelee 2 is now out for PS4 and uh, Steam. I loved Guacamelee um, when I got it for the Wii U. Excellent game. Metroidvania and Luchadors. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. So now Guacamelee 2 is out, and I saw the uh, the review of it, and I was like, oh, sweet. And I checked the platform listing. It was like PS4 and, and, and Steam. And I was like, oh, oh. Switch version? <laughs> I'm sure it will be eventually. I, I can wait. Um, so yeah, it's, I am, I'm cautiously excited. I think the studio is giving you pause and that's why you're a little, it's not, it's not so much the studio. It's just like the original Windjammers was, it was like the pure definition of lightning in a bottle and how it just like garners called following and attempts to recapture something like that, successful attempts are, are few and far between. Um, ironically enough, the last one I could think that recaptured the original kind of hype and momentum of the game was when Street Fighter 4 came mm. out. And that not only that not only recaptured the hype of the like original golden age of of fighting games, but it gave birth to a whole new generation of fighting game players that, you know, the likes of which have not been seen before. Mm. Um, so I'll be interested to see how this works. Well, have faith and, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. So yeah. Um, last news story of the week. Drew, we got another trailer for Iron Fist Season 2. We did. And there's a lot of fighting in it. Okay. And the fighting looks good. So, like, you know how everything in the first season, like, stunk? Yeah. I don't see that in this, in this trailer. I don't either. It looks pretty good. I don't. I, like, <laughs> I'm not getting excited because I've been burned. I'm cautiously optimistic. Yes. I've got Misty Knight. And Colleen are there. Yeah. Danny Danny doesn't seem to be like such an unlikable jerk anymore. Davos throwing around his own iron fist yeah. and it's red, which ins- may- instantly made me go, show enough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which is a deviation because it should be purple. But, you know, we'll, we'll we'll allow it. Could be, could be, you know, maybe they're, they're not done with post yet. We'll see so. how they shake it out. But uh, we got iron fist masks happening. We've got. Yeah. We've got, Yes, stuff going on. It looks pretty good. There's and a lot more fighting from what I can tell. Unless they put all the fighting in the trailer and the rest of the show is just 
boardroom scenes again. I think uh, the way they're kind of presenting the masks right now, I think at the they pull a Daredevil season one at the end of the the season we get them in the suit. Okay, well, I mean, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, they teased it in the first season, and I would like to see them explore it more in the second if they can introduce the the idea that the Iron Fist is a legacy hero. So before him yeah. was uh, um, Orson Orson Rand. Yep. Um, not, I'm sorry, not Orson Rand. Uh, what was his? Oh. Orson Randall? Um, my Iron F- Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm it's been a while since I read it. It's been a while yeah. since I read my Iron Fist. But anyway, prior to that Matt Fraction Ed Brubaker series, that wasn't the case. And they introduced the idea that there was an Iron Fist before Danny. And he was, yeah, you know. The Iron other- Fist is a mantle. Yeah, right. And uh, it was really cool. So there was that bit in the trailer where they showed the mask on like a mummified human. You yeah. Did you catch that? Mm hmm. Maybe Orson. Maybe we get some flashbacks. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But maybe we get some fat Cobra. Don't 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 get me excited, dude. You're just gonna build up <laughs> my hopes. They're not gonna do fat Cobra. It'd be so cool if they did, though. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks really cool. And uh, I wonder if Luke Cage will return the favor and show up on uh, on his on Danny's show. I hope so. Um, is it? Does it seem that they're kind of moving uh, Misty into the Claire? role a little bit in that she's kind of the the connecting strand well in between all the series i don't know if they're going to go this route in the show um but in the comics anyway misty and danny are you know they got a little they've had a little romantic history so yes you know maybe we can maybe we can get there we'll okay. see and not to mention she tags up with colleen in the comics as well they're the daughters yeah. of the dragon maybe we get maybe 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 there's a lot. There's a lot that could happen here out of all this. Did you um? Did you finish Luke Cage season two yet? No, I'm. I only have a couple episodes to go, and do, I just I've been so yeah house swamped. and house and whatnot. Well, it's the house, and then on top of that, uh, uh, Better Call Saul started back up, and uh, preachers preacher started back up. So like, if I come on, man, it's Luke Cage. I feel you. I'll time is short. I'm gonna watch tonight. I'm gonna watch Better Call Saul at the very least, and then um. Maybe I'll get to an episode or something else. We'll see. Work, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm close. Disappointed. It's not like we're doing it on the show yet. No, I know. I know. So, but yeah, uh, Iron Fist season two looking promising and coming out in a couple of weeks. I, I, I hope they took the criticism of the first season to heart and are like, okay, you know what we did the first season? We're not doing any yeah. of that. <laughs> I mean, everything we've seen Danny in since the first season, he's been better. considerably better in each time. Yes. He was a lot better in Defenders, and he was even more better in Luke Cage Season 2. Yes. But granted, he's had Luke Cage to bounce off of, which is really fun. Yeah, that's 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 the key. <laughs> All right, that about does it for the news, unless you can think of something. Um, Nothing specifically is um coming to mind so yeah all right cool well then it's time to rustle some papers you're you're not rustling papers i'm rustling papers you you are miming in my mind a a rustling of paper yeah it's an audio medium it doesn't really help does it so i'm the only one took notes again huh my notes are all in my, in my mind, son. <laughs> all right, so Jessica Jones, episode six, FaceTime. Drew, what'd you think of this episode? Oh, we got we got we got developments. Yes, abound in this yes. uh, in this episode. 
So in a way, in this episode, we see Jess continue to kind of evolve into a better person, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And conversely, we see her friend Patsy. Trish. Trish. Patsy. Trish. That's all. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, turning into a much worse person. <laughs> yeah. It's um really like a lot of Jessica Jones season one and season two are is a story about addiction. Yeah. Um, and that story's told through it's not just a single character story like no, it's basically in the everybody. first season it's it's kind of predominantly Malcolm's story. Yep. This season we definitely see it shifting more to Trish because we've established that like, you know, Child Star had the problems with the substance abuse mm-hmm. and she's hence come over that, but as we've discussed in previous episodes, there's this gap Trish feels in her life where she is not on equal footing with a lot of the other people in her life. Right. So we see her here now huffed up again on the on the huff stuff. Literally huffed up. <laughs> yes. And uh she's she's out there on the streets stalking you know, air quotes bad guys. Yeah. She's just looking for p- pick she's, fights. Yeah, she's just she's kicking people off buses. Yeah. And and looking all, you know, just trying to get into adventures and whatnot. Like, yeah. is this what she thinks Jess does and what she has to do to like be as good as her? Like it, it's a, it's an interesting angle to take, I guess on her. Um, but it is disappointing because, you know, she's really fallen off and she's hiding it from, from Jess and, and everyone else. Like, you know, when she, the, the scene later on where she's all messed up and she says like, Oh, food poisoning or whatever. Like, she's she's hiding it from her friends and she is now like dependent on that inhaler thing bob yeah and it's kind of a bummer it's it's full-blown addiction um so yeah her her journey is season's really interesting um and then we have kind of we see in this episode um a little bit more into the character of malcolm yeah. Um, going back to his, his school to find out some information, but there's also, there's some ghosts there that need to be pickpocketed. Yeah. I see he, he goes there and he kind of makes up with his ex girl. I'm assuming like his ex girlfriend, maybe, or I mean, they weren't or... clear, but in any case, I don't doubt his sincerity in apologizing to her because for his addictions and all yeah. that, because she was less than receptive to it. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm sure it's very difficult to deal with uh, that situation in, in someone's life. Um, so I don't doubt his sincerity, but he it, well, he had sort of an ulterior motive for yeah. the meeting, which, you know, is, you know, it, Malcolm is doing is doing well now, doing better anyway. But he does kind of have to resort to some thievery. Yeah, he uh, he understands like what. He's growing as a private investigator, and he understands what needs to be done. Like, you know, clearly this exchange with this person, there's going to be no long-term ramifications of, yeah, you know, him doing what he needs to do. It's, Steals her, her badge or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, but but in, in other respects in his life, though, he really is turning it around. Yeah. I guess. And he's, you know, the one... Th- okay, so let's get into that a little bit then. The one thing I'm a little kind of like, eh, I don't know if I want to go here, but they're going there, is the the fledgling now relationship with him and Trish. Yeah. It that goes feels in- a little forced, and then it escalates quickly. 
it it doesn't so much feel forced. It does escalate quickly, but like again, that's like substance induced. It, it absolutely is. Yeah, on Trisha's part. Um, but even even when he like you know, she shows up at the at the her and Jessica are at the office, and then he comes in, and he's like, "Oh, hey, Trish," and he, like immediately you get like this, "Oh, we're oh we're oh we're doing this." Like, where was this before? Was this flirtation there before in previous episodes? Because I, if it they was, I missed it. <laughs> they didn't have a ton of interaction. Okay. So it was kind of like, it's not, it's it's not like the uh, the Rose Finn thing at the end of last yeah. year where it just didn't feel earned. Okay. Like this one, it's not that it doesn't necessarily feel earned. It just, but it doesn't. It doesn't not make sense either at the same time because we see a little we see kind of like what Malcolm um, has you know replaced one addiction with and kind of like a pseudo another addiction. Yeah, you're not wrong. He's throwing himself headlong into work now, and that's- not only so much work, but also the that that you know Tinder. Oh, is, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So well, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We get a we get some paint sex in this episode. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just say it. No. Yeah, no. That's no. not how that works. That, that's no one, gonna, no that, one wants to do that. That's gonna get in the spaces you don't want it nah, to that's, be. In. That's hard to wash yeah. off. Yeah, or flush out, depending yeah. on where it gets into. No, you know. Yeah, and, and plus, you know, that's a little presumptuous of of of, of dude to do because like. You know, how did he know that, like, Jess didn't just buy those clothes and, like, hey, man, I just got these. What's, what's you know, no, no, I'm rolling around in purple paint. Does Jess strike you as someone who is often walking around in brand new clothes? No, but, you know. Yeah. It's, I'm just saying. I'm just saying is all. Also, uh, purple paint, is that, are we, are, are, we, are we led to believe that's foreshadowing? It seemed very intentional. It was. That's well, very intentional. You know, it's funny. The th- I didn't think of that. I did. What, what I did think was when they when they threw the uh, the yellow into it, I was like, oh, he's a Lakers fan. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't get there. For some reason, my, my mind didn't go where where your mind went. No, I saw purple, and um, I thought, oh, so Kilgrave, huh? Now, granted, he's dead, but yeah. it just, it's, look. It's a comic show. You don't, you don't do that without intent, in my opinion, um, in this Well, situation. also, purple is still kind of the the t- the color hue of the show it is but let's but why is it you know what i'm saying yeah no i get you i get you um also we um uh, related um we get lots of david mack art <laughs> in these scenes just so you know yeah um, this the, the the landlord what's his name again oscar oscar he's an artist and he's a you know id forger but whatever yeah all the artwork you see in this episode is it had to have been done by david mack yeah uh, for the show, which is a cool nod to the absolutely, comics. as we yeah. found out in Daredevil uh, season one, at the end of season one, that um, Alex Maleev, uh, yep. d- the artwork that they did for the newspaper, um, I I mistakenly thought that it was um, one of the covers that he did for the original, well, his, one of his original covers yeah. from Daredevil, and I believe uh, we tweeted we tweeted about, about it, and he and corrected he, us and said, no, us. I drew that for the show, yeah. And it was, was based whoa. on the cover, but drew it for sure. Yeah. That tweet every once in a while, like, still pops up as someone liking it. Oh. And I'm like, of course, this tweet, where we're proven wrong. 
is hey, the man, one that makes the rounds. At least we noticed that it was influenced. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did anyone else pointed out to him? No. No. We did. I almost think they heard we know. the podcast. Um, we also have um, more info coming to light with Inez and Hogarth. A little bit, yeah. So this this whole angle is still a little weird to me. Um, it, it has purpose, clearly, because I guess, you know, she used to be a nurse, and she was involved with IGH, and now she finds out through thievery and trickery that Hogarth has um, ALS. So now they have a little bonding experience, even though um, clearly tension uh, beforehand. Yes. But... Um, you know this whole this this side of the of this episode was less interesting to me, so you know it's kind of whatever. I I don't I don't know why Inez is like such a what what is Hogarth's problem with her exactly? Like she's on the phone with Jess saying like she has to get out here within a day. She's a she's a slob and like yada yada. It's like dude, I mean you took her in, I, you know I don't I don't know. There's some weird motivations happening in all this. Yeah, I mean, we established last episode that um, Hogarth wants to find out about IGN and IGN or <laughs> you're, IGH. You're turning into Alan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, IGH to kind of find out what they know as far as healing or whatnot. healing power. Yeah, right, right. So we also get to find out a little bit more about supposedly our main antagonist, Dr. Carl Mollis. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Drew. He is a character from the comics, but not necessarily Jessica Jones comics. Uh, I don't that I don't know. I think I think I could be wrong that he is one of the uh, doctors responsible for creating the original Spider Woman. Okay. Jessica Drew. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think so. I'll have to research Spider Woman's origins bit. are very complicated, so maybe we should table that for a moment because yeah. I'm not opening that door. She has like four origins. But, but, Jessica drags down uh, Mollis's financial backer. Yes. And it turns out to be Benny. That was Benny. That was Total Benny. Recall? Yeah. Oh man, he's got kids to feed. He's got he's got five mouths to feed. Well, in this in this show, it's just one. It's just one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was one. Of the first time I watched the show, I was like, I know that guy from something. That's a that's a hell of a pickup by he your was, part, man. <laughs> he was in something, so I jumped on the IMDb, and sure enough, that's his picture. Wow. Holding up the old yeah, the arm, arm, the uh-huh. mutant arm. Benny. Wow. Good pull. Yeah. So we find out that the doctor is not necessarily Dr. Evil. Well, no. I mean, he was being paid by Benny. By Benny. To come up with a cure for various diseases and yeah. deformities and whatnot. And he ends up he ended up curing uh, Benny's son, 105. Uh from some cranial deformation or whatever at birth. And, yeah. Okay. So, yay, maybe Doctor isn't such a bad guy, but at the same time, you know, eh, human experimentation and, yeah, that, and, you know. That never ends well. No. 
but Jess gets the, the the she tracks him down though. First she tracks down Benny on the golf course. Yeah. And then from there she tracks down Benny's son on the street and then she finds out where Doc lives. And that's where things get a little uh I, I was kind of like, "Oh, okay. We're doing this." So she goes to the house. She goes in the basement or whatever. There's a little vault down there. And uh yeah. It's crazy Aunt Jackie. It, uh, it, it, crazy not Aunt Jackie. Not Aunt Jackie. Um, she, she's mom. Yeah. Jess's mom, allegedly. Credits. Okay, yep. so that's so that's what we're doing, huh? They do it well. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm. I'm. You know. I mean. It's a it's a it's an interesting angle. I, I'm I'm weary of those kinds of revelations in in, in shows. I don't know why. I just kind of am. But all right, show me show me the Carfax. Let's <laughs> show me the Carfax. <laughs> Let's see where this goes. <laughs> Where's this thing been? How much mileage does it have on it? That's fine. all right. Yeah. Let's uh. Show me, show me, show your work, sir. <laughs> show your works. I got no you. calculators. Bring on the next episode. So yeah, all right. So aside from like that twist, good episode. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, I, a lot of people were not down with this show, but I mean, I'm watching it. It's fine. Like it's totally fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm again. The character arcs are pretty. Uh. I don't want to say obvious, but I mean they're they're they're, they're are, defined. Clear defined arcs happening yep. here. There's enough to sink my teeth into. Um, I've got characters evolving and changing as the show's going on, and you know I'm not. Doesn't I don't feel like we're wasting a lot of time yet. In the first season, there were yeah. several episodes midway through where it was like, okay, we're just wasting time now. Um, and obviously, you know, we say the same thing about you know your Luke Cage's and your uh, um, Iron Fist for sure. That some of these could could be you know. Trimmed down a bit. Yeah, six episodes now into five or six. Six. This six. was episode six, episodes. six. I don't feel like we've wasted a, a lot of time because now we're like we're kind of in the middle and and it's we are chugging along. So could there be a stall coming? Sure, there's plenty to go. We'll, we'll but, get to the stall. Okay, there's gonna be a stall. Well, you know, but as far as stalls go, it's like it's not. It's unnecessary, but it's not bad. Okay. Well, like this is interesting stuff to find out about character X. Okay. Well, when we get it there, it doesn't necessarily. It's not necessarily needed to push the main plot forward, but it's character work. I'm okay with yeah. character work. Well, let's 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 see how that goes when we get there. Um, but I mean, that's part of a bigger discussion that we we've, we've talked about before with these shows that maybe less would be more. But yeah. But that's not the way people consume anymore, Carl. People binge watch now and and more I mean, is mo- more is more so here's more like, you know 10 episodes is easier to binge watch than 13 so i don't i i don't get it either I, but i you know why because th- there's probably now they, they probably have it figured out that it looks good to investors or something that they can show data that people watch this much yeah. That they are committed to this much time and, you know, they, they, they sit down, press play, and watch for X hours. 
So the shows, 13 episodes, probably tests better on paper yeah. than 10. I, I don't know. That's my guess. Even though here we I mean, are, it's going like, I don't need 13. Yeah, I mean, I really wish they'd just take the approach of tell your story. Yeah. Do you need six episodes to tell your story? There's your season, six episodes. Right. Do you need 10 episodes? Do you need 13? Do you need 23? Right. Like what? Just tell your story. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know that we need everything to be a certain number of, of episodes just because it has to be. Yeah. So anyway. Don't, don't be such a slave to the format. Right. Right. Like us. Take it. Oh, we, we've yeah, changed. We, we, we've we've heard a lot. <laughs> yes. All right. That about does it for this week's episode. Devil do folks. Thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it as always. And as always, if you would like to find us in the multimedia verse, you can do so at the following locations. You can follow us on Twitter at devil's do pod. You can go to facebook.com slash devil's do pod. Give our page a like. You can email us at the devil's do pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devil's do podcast.com. Drew, that being said, do you have any closing statements? <sighs> when does fire pro come out? Uh, next week, either this Friday or next Tuesday. I'm nodding right now, Carl. I'm <laughs> nodding. <laughs> let's, let's do this. I still got Octopath to finish. Oh God. I forgot all about Octopath. I think, I think fire pro may fall by the wayside a little bit for me because I've got Octopath to finish. And unless I like get to crank on that. In the foreseeable future, Octopath's going to lead me right in the Spider-Man on PS4. Ah, yes. Yeah. All right. All righty. With your favorite costume ever. Oh, God, so bad. <laughs> so bad. It's a good place to end. <laughs> I'm just going to download the uh, the Infinity War costume because it's, it's, it's less bad. It's less bad. <laughs> it's much less bad. All right, folks. Thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it. Have a good week. Court is adjourned. Thank you.